On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talked about Transformers, Burt's, and Google Search. We talked about Twitter's new stance on political ads. Shep launched a new way to splain, beta splain. And Greg shared a rant.new about Google's new domain offering. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios, located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on November 1st, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And hopefully everybody had a good time out there trick-or-treating last night, got some good candy. Shep, what's your candy of choice? I love a Reese's. I like to put them in the fridge. I like Three Musketeers. What about you? Anything chocolate for me, as long as it's mm-hmm. not Bitto Honey where you're flossing for weeks afterwards i'm fine laffy taffy are disappointing too i don't know well, I, 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 I always mix up laffy taffy and laffy taffy is the one that's not that hard it's the now and later where what's the other one that i just laffy taffy has bad flavors like you always end up with banana yeah it's got like chemical banana it's horrible Okay, well, let's get to this week's news. There is some big news this week from Google. Mm -hmm. Google's rolling out what they say is the biggest step forward for search in the past five years with a new BERT model. Why don't you tell us what all the fuss is a BERT? I see what you did there. In case you are not familiar with this, BERT acronym stands for Bidirectional Encoder Representations from Transformers. So I think BERT is a much better name here. <laughs> I agree. And the big thing here is that it stems from Google's work on transformers. They're more than meets the eye, and they're more than meets a keyword. So with transformers, you can consider the full context before and after a word. So less onus on the keyword, more hopefully about what is going on in the context of the keyword, which is cool. So this will lead to a better understanding of queries compared to looking at words and keywords one by one in that specific order. The example that they gave was that for more conversational queries, where there are things like four or two, where it matters to the meaning, this is gonna provide much better results, which is great. And this will be used in about one out of 10 US searches, English searches is what they said. And it's so complex apparently that it pushes the limits of Google's hardware. Whoa. And there were a lot of people talking about this on Twitter and a lot of Sesame Street and Ernie puns. Yeah. Almost too many of them. It was easy. I thought of it right away too. So we're going to have a take of the week, but it would have just been, who's got the best Ernie, <laughs> mm-hmm. the Ernie take? There wasn't enough Bacharach, Kreischer, Blylevin, or Lancaster. I don't know what any of those mean. <laughs> I oh, think I you're know an old movie. Burt Lancaster, is that a guy? Yeah. I know him. Okay. And they're all Burt's. That's the only one I knew. I was looking for more of those puns. But anyway, check it out if you want to see. In the show notes, we've got more information if you want to know. And then we've got a few other things coming later in the show on this as well. Great. And I have news from Facebook, who launched Facebook News on October 25th. This is a new news tab. 
That's a mouthful. With stories from national and local publications. Key features include today's stories, which will be chosen by a team of journalists, personalization based on your interests, topic sessions such as entertainment, health, science, tech, and sports, the option to link to news sources that you've subscribed to. That'll be a nice feature. Controls to hide articles, publishers, and topics you want to avoid. And if publishers want their content to appear in Facebook News, they'll need to ensure that they are included in the news page index. Publishers will be able to monetize their content in the tab, but there will be no paid ads as of now. Yeah, and in the news page index, to be eligible, there are certain restrictions. You can't have more ads than content. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Click through the show notes if you want to see more. Did you look at the main stock photo from mm-hmm. the Facebook post themselves? This is big news, literally big news for Facebook. And they chose the most bland stock photo on the planet. It's a couple or just maybe friends drinking unnamed coffee, looking at a mobile phone. <laughs> so what is this? This is your opportunity to highlight news and show it off. Weird look. But yeah. also, I looked at the demo, and it's really cool. It kind of looks like Google Discover. And if you haven't used Google Discover, it gives you the flexibility to customize things, which but I think is nice. One thing I noticed was it's almost all the same options in that little pull-up menu as Discover. You can hide the post, share the post. But this one also has an option to save for later that Google doesn't have. So I think that'll be handy. That's nice. The one thing I didn't see in news that Discover has is Discover, you can almost ramp things up. There's like a more or less yeah. t- button. And I use that all the time. I talked about it a few weeks back on our working hard or hardly working segment, where if you take clients and you keep seeing more and more and more, you can stay tuned with things that really matter if you're a psycho like That's myself. Cool. I wish you could do that in the news feed. <clears throat> Facebook has me targeted for some weird stuff. Like they think I really like Wendy Williams and I'm just okay with Wendy Williams. <laughs> Is she back on the air? Yeah, she is. All right. And let's get to another new change from Google. Google is saying goodbye to Flash. And on the Google Webmaster Central blog, which why is it still called that? Search Console started as Webmaster Central, then changed to Webmaster Tools, and now is Search Console again. But we the know, blog, yeah, they're always slow to change their names. But the blog is still Webmaster Central blog. Make it that Search Console blog or something. I get emails about Google AdWords, so. Oh, I do too, <laughs> all the time from Google. But Google will stop supporting Flash later this year. Web pages that contain Flash content, Google Search will ignore that Flash. At one time, there was a thought it could be indexed and be used. No more. Gone in a flash. Sayonara. This came from Donghui Lee over at Google, and he gave Flash a goodbye. And then in Korean, he gave a, a nice goodbye to Flash. But I'm about to poop all over this in about 90 seconds. So, Chef, what do you have next? So, next up, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey announced via Twitter thread that Twitter will not allow political ads. And it's a really long thread, but I think the first and the last tweet kind of sum it up. So, I'm just going to read it real quick. At Jack, we've made the decision to stop political advertising on Twitter globally. We believe political message reach should be earned, not bought. Why? A few reasons. And then he names all the reasons. And then the last tweet is, a final note, this isn't about free expression. This is about paying for reach. And paying to increase the reach of political speech has significant ramifications that today's democratic infrastructure may not be prepared to handle. It's worth stepping back in order to address. Whoa. Yeah. 
I felt like he should have just added Facebook in this <laughs> At Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> or you could just do at Facebook. That's who he's calling out. Yeah. I, that is a bold statement, a bold move in general mm-hmm. to just say during one of the biggest advertising times, you know, ad, ad spend timelines, you're just going to say, ah, no thanks. And you've got to respect him. Even if you don't agree, you've got to respect them for sticking by their guns and losing out on all that ad revenue if it's something they really believe in. Yeah, and we're actually going to talk more. I think this is just the talk more episode here, but we're going to talk more about this and why Facebook might not be able to do this mm-hmm. So down the road. They still want political discourse, but not paid on Twitter, at Jack is saying. I like it. Love it. All right, and that brings us to this week's Take of the Week. This is a spicy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra sauce served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take comes from John Henshaw at Henshaw on Twitter and former guest of the show and former Take of the Week winner. He's great. John penned this following tweet, and it's not Burt related. Flash has always sucked. Sucked for SEO. Sucked because the UX for sites was all over the place, sucked because of slow loading sites, sucked for vulnerabilities, sucked because that's all the designers wanted to use. Not goodbye, but good riddance. <laughs> See you never flash. <laughs> Preach it, John. <laughs> Preach it. I'm Flash was just such a weird concept. We put videos inside of videos to make it work. It's just so it was so cumbersome. Yeah. And as a user get those pop-ups all the time if it wasn't set up right it was just annoying yeah it's like they never thought like mobile phones would be a thing <laughs> it's just so i'm glad i'm not gonna miss it me either all right and now it's time for this week's lightning round pew pew at this point in the show we split up our content into two parts paid and non-paid i cover everything to do with advertising aka paid and greg covers the organic aka non-paid Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. So first up in the news, Facebook has rolled out multiple text optimization, a new responsive ad format. Oh, MTO. (laughs) Can we dub it MTO here? (laughs) I guess you can. All right. That would have made it easier if we made the decision before I had to read it all out. Well, too bad. People need to know what it stands for, so you'd have to say it anyway. MTO. Advertisers will be able to create multiple versions of headlines, ad copy, and descriptions for single image or video ads. So Dynamic Creative, you can test the images too, but this you could just do a true A-B test for two different headlines if you wanted or the ad copy test for text, not images. Facebook will then dynamically serve combinations of assets based on what they determine to be the best results. So what is the difference between MTO and Dynamic Creative? So like I said, it's just the text. You can't do a bunch of images, a bunch of videos. You select your image or your video, and it's going to optimize the text in particular. Okay, so the images, the videos don't change. Mm-hmm. Text only. Just for single image. Single media, they say. I keep saying okay. image, but there's videos too. We're a little unclear so far on how reporting will work because this just rolled out. Facebook said they're only allowing us to see aggregate performance for these ads, but marketers have said they've seen in the wild reporting columns for different variations. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't understand why we get these responsive ad formats and they don't tell us how they perform. That's the whole point of trying multiple versions of things is to find what works, trim the fat of what doesn't work, and move on from there. so frustrating. Even on Google, the best, poor, what do they call the middle one? Good? Yeah, it's like fair. I want real data. 
Yeah, I want data too. GTFO with this MTO. <laughs> so if there's not reporting. Hopefully we will have reporting. Next up, Google Merchant Center has announced some updates ahead of the upcoming holiday season. The first is automated feeds, and with this, merchants will be able to let Merchant Center crawl their website for schema-structured product data and extract that information into their feed. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Google says crawled feed data will be refreshed, quote, regularly, depending on the traffic that your website receives from Google. And they also announced an automatic removal tool for text and product images to avoid product disapprovals, which sounds good. I just hope if you, it's smart enough that if you have like a graphic tee or something. You should just remove all the graphic tees. Get them all out of here. Get them all out. Jess Bud would not be happy, but I hope it knows like what's on the image and what's the actual product. Yeah, they're not picking up a nutrition label and saying out of here. Be careful if you're using that. And they are also going to start showing product information from the Merchant Center on other Google platforms, including rich product results, and Google Images, and they're calling this Surfaces Across Google. And this is free to merchants, and it's something you can opt into, or if you use structured data markup, you'll automatically be eligible for rich product results. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it when schema looks good in the SERPs, like recipes, for example. That looks phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And having product products show up even better, I'm all for it. This could be really cool. If you've got products, use it. And I like the fact that it could be easier for people that might not be sophisticated enough to have a feed. You know, let, let's say that, that you can have the schema be populated with a Shopify, let's say, and that that's possible. Let's, let's pretend that's cool. You don't have to have a feed and submit it and do all this work. Google will do it for you. Love it. And you can't beat free. It can't almost sounds free. too good to be true when you first read it. The only problem is it won't work with Google Shopping. Google Shopping right. is a pay-to-play source. It's not an actual search engine. It's Google's collection of shopping advertisers. And this makes sense for Google if you think about it. You're getting people kind of the taste of what products could look like, but then you're not showing them in shopping. Mm -hmm. And if they want to get into shopping, you have to pay to. I would imagine that more people are going to say, wow, these products look good. I'm guessing Google at some point is going to say, you can advertise these products in Google Shopping, and then people are going to have to pay in order to get visibility with the shopping platform. And finally, they announced that multi-country fees are now available in 50 additional markets for a total of 95 countries. And we have more news from Google. They have officially announced the rollout of lead form extensions. We reported on this last week, but now they're live and even better. I have one in my account. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to beta explain. It's when you have the beta and someone else doesn't and you tell them about this new feature. Go on. Beta explain away, please. So in the SERPs, under the ad, there will be a clipboard with the CTA, which we said last week. So you can choose a few I wrote down were get a quote, apply now or sign up. And then underneath that, you have a 30 characters worth of extension text. And they'll show this in the SERPs as well. Then if someone clicks the form, it'll pop up with your business name, headline, and that 200 word description, 200 character description, and those four form fields that you can choose from. And then you can link to a privacy policy on your site, or Google will link to their privacy policy. And you can add a custom submission page with a message and a CTA. And it's super easy to link your CRM. It looks like you just paste your webhook URL white into the extension when you're setting it up. Awesome. Love it. 
Can't wait to see how this performs. We will, I'm sure, be back with performance mm-hmm. on this. And that is it for paid. What is happening in non-paid? Uh, this week in non-paid, we're going to start with those political ads, not on Twitter because they don't exist. We're talking about them on Facebook. And we have talked about this a few over the past few weeks that Facebook had made the stance that they're not going to censor ads. That if you're making a political ad, they said you have freedom of saying what you want. And people then took that to say you could make fake news and advertise that. So Brian Feldman at B.A. Feldman on Twitter had an amazing article that explained why Facebook might not have that opportunity that Twitter has to ditch ads completely. And it makes a lot of sense. Hear it out. So from the article, Brian pulls out a few quotes from Mark Zuckerberg. One, this controversy is not worth the very small part of our business that this makes up. So you know it isn't about money. Also, he said, I believe that giving people a voice is important and ads can be an important part of a voice. And then lastly, Zuckerberg said, in the political system, if you're a challenger candidate or an advocacy group that might not be otherwise covered by the media, ads are an important way to be able to get your message out in front of some people. So Brian makes the very good point of saying, why should Facebook continue letting people run these ads then? Brian says, in regards to Facebook, this is something of an understatement. On Facebook, buying ads is the only way to get your message in front of people. Burn. And I that, can't believe we didn't think of this before. And Brian's point is that you have to. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to get your message out on Facebook. The organic reach is so low. It's the only way you can have a voice on Facebook is with an ad. Yeah. It's the same way marketers have had to ramp up spend so much. It's the only way to get in front of an audience there. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you a little extra fire from Brian. At the end of the article, he says, put another way, it is basically impossible for anyone running a Facebook page to reach their audience. People who have deliberately clicked the follow button without paying Facebook for the privilege. Depending on your perspective, Facebook is either a toll booth or an extortion racket. Oh my gosh, a toll booth. Organic reach has gone down and ad rates have gone up. That's funny. So that's a great point. Mm -hmm. If you just let people to organic, nobody's going to see the message. Twitter has the ability to sort and see everything. You still can subscribe on Facebook, but... Twitter still has a breach, and mm-hmm. there's value to that as a platform, and you can see Jack Dorsey over at Twitter flexing that now, saying, hey, people got to share it. People share tweets. Facebook, you got to do ads. But they could fix their ads platform over at Twitter. Just saying. I agree. Okay. Well, anyway, great post, Brian. And next up, Google has been spotted testing Q&A videos and the knowledge graph cards for colleges and universities. And I forget the example of what they had. I think it was UC Davis. And I checked this out, but there's people which appear to be faculty or students or alumni or just somebody related to the school answering questions. And they're similar to what you've seen with some of the celebrity Q&A videos that were introduced last year. And it shows the name of the person and the questions that they're going to answer. But not what the heck they do, which is weird. Yeah. So you see somebody and you don't know if they're employed by the school, if they go to the school or what. So there's somebody that looked to be a student talking about how close it is to the beach. I'm like, okay, this guy, seemed, he's got a shirt on. He probably goes here. Um, another thing is there was someone named Ebony Lewis who had great answers about admission information, admission questions. I didn't know if she's part of admissions. I kind of just assume she is. I, you know, I don't know if you can, anybody can answer these or if you have to be part of the school. 
And then there's a dude at a desk, Gary May, a- asking another question. I looked him up, and he's the chancellor of the school. But they should just tell you that. But so when I went, I'm like, oh, is Ebony employed by the school? And I clicked on her name, because you can do that, and you just get all of her answers. You don't know exactly what this is. That would be helpful context. Mm-hmm. Hey, I am the head admissions director here at UC Davis. Then I'm like, okay, I take her word for it. And I don't have to take it with a grain of salt. What about the guy talking about where the beach is? Does he go to that <laughs> school? And then I got me thinking, can I? just any- a guy who like dropped out to yeah, go to like, the oh, beach all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's mid-California. There's, you know, not on the beach, but there's beaches. <laughs> and then the other thing is, can anybody answer this? I want this to open up to everybody. Where you're like, yo, I'm, I'm a dude. I went for like three years it's definitely not worth the student loans. <laughs> Can anybody do this? I don't know. Don't go to the salad bar in the dining hall. It's an interesting option, especially it, let's say this rolls out for brands, but there needs to, it needs to be better executed, substantially better executed. Yeah. Okay. And the next up, because of course people are already trying to optimize for Bert, Danny Sullivan on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter handle is responding saying there's nothing to do. So there's a lot of questions as to what this means for folks. And Danny says, there's nothing to optimize for with BERT, nor anything for anyone to be rethinking. The fundamentals of us seeking to reward great content remain unchanged. And of course, because one of those answers isn't enough, he then has to go on and say, BERT doesn't assign values to pages. It is just a way for us to better understand language. So there's nothing to do to optimize for BERT. The only thing to do is to write good content and actually not care about keyword position. Just write the best stuff. Google's getting smarter. I Bert like knows that. what you're saying. Work on the user. That's the way it should work. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Okay. <laughs> and then Google is now letting anyone register a .new domain to create custom shortcuts. Kind of. There are a few rules there. The .new domain, uh, life hack now, you can do something like sheets.new, docs.new, note.new there's a whole bunch of things that will open up a google product and just get you going which is really cool it's a nice little shortcut Mm -hmm. but if you want a dot new it has to be used for action generation or online content creation so you can't just be like i'm brand new and i'm a branding agency or something that wouldn't work Um, you have to take the user directly into the action generation so again when you do new dot sheets you'll open up and you'll have a new sheet instantly Mm -hmm. and then there's a few other things that you have to comply with so the other thing is when can i buy these dot new domains so there's a sunrise starting october 15th through january 14th 2020 Um, this is the period when brand owners can register their domains that have an exact match trademark verified in the trademark clearinghouse So let's say that you are SoundCloud. If you wanted to have soundcloud.new and you own the trademark, you can start getting in there and then have it upload a new SoundCloud track or whatever they're called. So, But the key here is that you have to have an exact match trademark verified in the trademark clearinghouse. Can I go old curmudgeon Greg here, Shep? Of course. Okay. So some of the examples that they gave weren't trademarks. Hmm. And they're already registered. So... There's playlist.new that they tout is the way to create a new playlist to add songs on Spotify. Invoice.new, where you can create, customize, and send customer invoices directly from the Stripe dashboard. Sell.new, and you start selling on eBay, not Etsy or Amazon or anything like that. Reservation.new, you go to Open Tables, Homepage. What if you wanted to reserve like a hotel room or something? And if Open Table doesn't do it, you're out of <laughs> luck. And... 
some of these are vanity. They're they're not. Yeah. Unless I missed it and OpenTable trademarked the term restaurant. That's not it. There's music that new that'll go to Drake's whatever his little music thing is. I forget the name of it. It's not title. It's whatever Drake's is. It's got a funky name. But these aren't actually trademarked. They can't be. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. So, and then even further, there's a couple others that, that right now you could go to subscription.new and you sign up for a subscription for Stripe. How is anybody in their right mind saying, oh, yeah, Stripe owns subscription or that makes any kind of sense at all? No, subscription is like the biggest thing right now. They should go to like a G Suite subscription. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'd like is, oh, I need to subscribe a new user on or something it's very strange i dislike it immensely when they come out with these really really strict rules and then break them non-stop before they even come out like if you come out with rules stick to them that's all i'm asking for is it that hard yeah does spotify have i mean you could do podcast.new where does that go do you think should be libsyn blurb blueberry or whatever that is it should well, i mean it would make sense if it was google podcast it would but it would pod- absolutely it make not? sense Oh, no, it goes to Anchor. <laughs> it's just so all over the place. So if you make rules, stick to them, please. Rules.new. Right. There we go. That's what we need. All right. And then coming from George Wynn over at Search Engine Land. And this is a doozy. And I think it's factually accurate, but also bad advice. Not from George, but from the study. And he has some findings from an Uberall study that compared 64,000 third-party managed listings. And it was about business ratings. They're trying to find the sweet spot. And a conclusion was locations that improve their Google My Business star ratings from 3.5 to 3.7 can see significant increases in conversions. And then the title of the article was Achieving 3.7 Google My Business Rating Stars Delivers Highest Conversion Boost, Study Finds. And there's a bunch of charts. I think I'm a fairly competent human. I could not figure out what the H was going on yeah. with these like charts. I'm in science gla- class again in seventh grade. Correlation does not equal causation. 3.7 has a lower conversion rate but higher growth rate? That. I mean, <laughs> folks, don't try to get to 3.7 <laughs> if you're above that. Try to get to a 5.0. I, I, I mean, I get some part of the study where you see, to me, the, the most interesting part of this is the conversion rate dropped when you got to 5.0. And I find that too. I, whenever there's something that has perfect reviews, I'm instantly dubious of it. And mm-hmm. I go and check those reviews. And most of the time, they're fake. So I think that out of this report, that was the one thing I took away is I just look at the conversion rate, not the growth rate or anything. And to me, I want the highest possible conversion rate. And to looking at the charts, the way I interpreted it, I want a 4.99 or 4.9. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do with this data. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rewrite the data. Get to a 4.9 and don't cheat. Mm-hmm. If you cheat, it's bad. Don't make fake reviews. You can look at all the time on Glassdoor or Google reviews anywhere. You can instantly tell what's bad. And on Amazon too, you're like, oh, these are all fake. Don't cheat. Try to get good reviews and don't try to get down to a 3.7 if you're above that. I give this poll, this study, this growth rate or whatever it is, I give it a 3.1. But I'll, I'll give George's article 3.7. Okay. All right, and next up, we have a new WordPress AMP plugin, version 1.4. So if you are using Stories, the Stories editor is now better. There's redesigned compatibility tool and much more. Go check that out if you are using that up 
upgrade yourself. And lastly here, happy 25th birthday to the banner ad. Wow. Cheers, banner ad. We've made you a 728 by 90 pixel cake. Enjoy. (laughs) All right. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work good bad or otherwise this week Shep what's been happening with your accounts lately I just really wish I could integrate Grammarly with Google Sheets because it's we like to set up our ad copy in there there's I'm sure in every industry they're using Google Sheets to write sentences and it's just frustrating that you have to like take the time to go through the whole thing to do spell check. I mean, I love to write, but I can't spell. And I don't want anyone to know that, which is why <laughs> I use Grammarly. And it's just really frustrating. I've got some good news for you, Shep. That Grammarly, earlier this month, just raised $90 million more million of funding. We can hope that maybe they'll look into it. Because I know that you can with Docs, Google mm-hmm. Docs. And I totally understand that some people might want to turn it off, but just to have it as an option. Yeah, so according to Shep Grammarly, if you're listening, take $1 million, you still have $89 million left, and get that over Google Sheets. Please. Love it. All right, and my accounts, I don't know if this is working hard or hardly working. It's kind of a mixture of both. But when you're running Google Ads and you're trying to monitor conversions or especially revenue and return on ad spend, there's such a lag there that it is frustrating to me, somebody that's so anal wants to see everything all the time. I don't like waiting 24 hours just to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing that can help is with the right filter specifically, you can look at revenue data in Google Analytics, and it's close of the same day. So just because you're looking in your account and you made some big changes, you can say, in Google Ads, there's nothing reported you can still see it in analytics if you're looking at the same day and you've got all your, your, what you're looking at is correct. So that's just a little hack I've been doing to make sure that things are looking good across a day and just you can see sales by hour um, and then again, based off of whatever metric you want. If you can't see it in Google Ads, don't get frustrated. You can still see a good chunk of it in analytics the same day. All right, and now it's time for this week's W T H. This is a hack worthy article that is extra egregious from the digital marketing space and this week the article comes from cnn and the name of the article is he's running for governor to run false ads on facebook now facebook is stopping him and that's pretty much what's happening Mm -hmm. so we talked about it before but facebook was allowing anybody in the political space running a political ad if you're a politician not like a pack to run ads on whatever they wanted whether it's true or false and so a San Francisco man tried to call out the policy by running false ads of his own. He's a political activist, and he registered for California's 2022 gubernatorial election. I love that word, but I can never say it. Gubernatorial? Gubernatorial. Oh, I always just thought it was a V. It's, no. It's a B? It, yeah, gubernatorial. Anyway, so he's trying to take advantage of the policy so that he could just run false ads on the platform. And Facebook banned him. <laughs> they banned him. They said, <laughs> you can run whatever you want. And then said, no, not you, Adriel. And so responding to that decision, he said, they made a policy specific to me, and I'm running for California governor to regulate Facebook. I'm going to look into suing them. I'll immediately seek all available legal options. <laughs> Which is amazing, because you said you could run false ads, 
And then they're like, oh, everybody but you because you're trying to run false ads. Mm -hmm. So then here's where it gets even more hecky. Hampton is a treasure of the really online lefty league, PAC. So that's his party. What? Like left-handed? Oh, see, I immediately thought of that. You missed it. I thought you might have got it. Okay. So the really online lefty league. T-O-L. No. Troll. Troll. The troll that's party. Good. That's good. <laughs> and so he began making a fake ad that Senator Lindsey Graham backed the Green New Deal. And he spliced together Graham speaking to make it sound like he said something he didn't. And it was flagged. And then he's out of there. So apparently you can't run false ads if you tell Facebook you're going to if you're going to run for office because you're going to run false ads. Yeah, he's like the ultimate troll. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> And that brings us to this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool is not an endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something that we found in our travels that we think may be of use to our listeners. This week's Cool Tool is Footprint Digital, and it's a tool that will help you look at how users are converting on your site on mobile and desktop. A lot of people question how their site is performing on different devices, and this gives you a metric which is not reported in analytics, and that is relative mobile conversion rate. It is calculated by dividing your mobile conversion rate percentage by your desktop conversion rate percentage. And if you don't want to write that down, this tool is a calculator in the form of a, a data studio report, which is really cool. You click on the link on Footprint Digital and it just takes you to a data studio report and you can pick from all of your different Google Analytics accounts and see their relative mobile conversion rate. It automatically gives you your relative mobile conversion rate and it shows you your desktop and mobile conversion rates for all goals and for e-commerce by itself. And it also compares mobile and desktop page speed year over year. So this is a great tool if you want to dig more into how your site is converting on different devices. All right. And that brings us to this week's must read marketing article of the week. An article so in depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week... Shep, have you ever heard of somebody called Christine Zernheld over at Cypress North? Unfortunately, I know that lady. Well, she wrote about <laughs> affinity audiences layered with Google Ads, search campaigns, and has a full list of everything. So that's over at cypressnorth.com. That's an ancillary one, though, because we can't just keep the must-read marketing article of the week to ourselves. So this week's article comes from Brittany Mueller over at Moz, and she has an article about featured snippets called the Featured Snippets Cheat Sheet an interactive Q&A. Apparently, Brittany had been giving a webinar about featured snippets, and there's some technical difficulties, and people couldn't actually ask questions. So this led her to fielding the questions and answering them on her own, and then adding in a cheat sheet that's cute. It's got a little robot image of Roger on there, and you can download that. But she went in, looked at all these questions that had got stuck in the webinar, apparently, and watch out, Ken Starr. She's got a little Mueller report for you on the results. She talks about if you can win featured snippet with a brand new website, if Google provides a tag that identifies traffic sources from those snippets, if there's a GTM tag for this. She answers all these questions and then has that nice little download. So there's two, two main takeaways here. One, we could all learn a few things from Brittany. Just because you can't make content isn't a reason not to make content. She didn't have a webinar, so she turned it into an article. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. A, first off, there's a lesson in there that's probably worth even more than the article itself. And then B, this is a 
everything you need to know. All the questions you have asked are answered. And when she didn't know the answer, she said so. So again, just a nice way to lay everything out. Thank you, Brittany. All right. That does it for today's show. It's now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore, we just shoot the heck. And this week we're playing everybody's favorite game, two kinds of people. We list something off and there's only two types of people, two ways to perform it, binary decision here. So, Shep, there's two kinds of people. People that either know how to drive manual or standard and people that don't. I don't. No. Okay, and hope? No. <laughs> No. Of course well, I, I don't. I, yeah. You think you, we did? I, I give you guys credit. I feel like that's the two did. types of people that you just like, you know about You were the just person. overseas. I thought, or maybe that was. No, we paid extra for an automatic. Wait. And we still drove it off can't? the road. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, he can't drive stick. No idea. That's terrifying. We're not the type, you know? Well, I am. That's how I learned. You Most did? of my cars are stick, yeah. So when you're going up a hill, you have to switch gears and then. You have to switch every gear and whether you're going uphill or terrifying. just driving straight. No. Okay. There's two types of people. There are the people who Christmas starts today, November 1st. <gasps> oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, everyone else who makes such a big deal about Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. Before you answer, there's that funny meme too where there's the it's beginning and it starts in October and it's a Google Trends meme and and it's Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. And it's just like, it just inches, it scooches a little like in October. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so what are you guys? My Christmas for me starts December 1st. I am not November 1st. I, I don't want Christmas. <laughs> if, if Christmas, people started celebrating five days before, that'd be perfect for me. I just, you're like my dad. You're like my dad. I just can't handle that. He much won't of it. put up the tree until December 25th if he had it his way. Well, I wait. Actually, this will be the first year I have a Christmas tree, but we put it up pretty late. But I think I'm gonna put it up late because I'm scared of like house fires. They're just torches. Oh, you get when a real they tree. get dried out. Yeah, yeah. So I, my birthday's the 15th. We used to always get it that day. I think it's a good day. That's cute. And then you can leave it up until like January 10th. I don't put. Christmas decorations out until the day after Thanksgiving. That's the rule in my house. But I will probably listen to Christmas music yeah. before that. For me, it's the music. Yes. I don't pull out the decorations. Hot no. take, there's no good Christmas music. Song. Are you kidding Leah Michelle just released a new album. It's really good. Did you really just say that on air? I did. What? Leslie Odom Jr., Simply Christmas. You haven't heard it. Where That's are your facts? That's because you only like depressing music, right? You probably like Christmas shoes. That's a depressing Christmas song. Justin Bieber. Buble. <laughs> He's got a couple. Buble. You don't like yeah, any Christmas songs? No, Are you serious? I, I'm not a Christmas. Not a Christmas song one. Oh, okay. you know what's really good? <laughs> the little little drummer boy. I love that. It's playing a That's an like amazing that. song. Like no, it's the worst. All right, what's next? <laughs> the, <laughs> the donkey worst. song? It was in my Dominic top five worst songs ever when we did that shooting the, shoot the hack. When we did a draft.
That little drummer makes boy. me cry. I can't believe you boy? don't like yeah. her. You can just such a nice guy. Makes me cry too, Shep, if nice it makes guy. you feel better. Okay, there's two kinds of people. People that like analog watches and people that like digital watches. Okay, I don't wear a watch. I don't even know. <laughs> um, or change it to clocks. Yeah. Oh, oh. I like the look of a clock on a wall that's a real clock. Yeah, is this all clocks but or just let's clock? be honest, like it takes me a second to figure out what time it is. Like I... I'm the digital. Are you just talking about watches on your wrist? Time in general. Analog or digital? For fashion, I like analog. Yeah. For, actually, I don't know. I would not want a analog clock on my phone. Yes. Exactly. I would agree. <laughs> I can't read analog clocks well. Like, I, it takes, it's hard. It, it's, I'm with you. It takes me a second to make sure I've got the exact right minute. Just give me the time. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. It's more for um, fashion and design and aesthetics. I know, but I don't care about that. that should, well, I do. That's, to me, that's Just why. Just like how I care about Christmas music. <laughs> no, we I, had an analog clock in our apartment, and the time was wrong for like a year. And you got to change it, <laughs> it once a died. year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't want to have to do the math. Just give me the time. Okay, so I'm cheating. I have a three kinds of people, but it's an important one. All right. Okay. How do you prefer your soda? Can, bottle, or fountain? Fountain. Fountain. I think I'm can. We had this discussion because when you go through the drive-thru at any fast food place, it's so much better than anything you'll ever get. The way the bottle's the worst for sure. Yes. It like makes you burp. The bottle's the worst. The bottle's the worst. You get all air. I like a can. I like a good cold can. But yeah, if I had my pick, I'd go through a drive-thru at McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. I don't like the fact that it gets watered down. I don't need all that ice. The ice just, is the best part. The ice, then, then why don't you just buy a cup of ice? <sighs> You're really frustrating me this week. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished, and we will see you next week.